You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. You're listening to the Sportsman's Nation Podcast Network brought to you by Savage Arms. Now, Savage has recently introduced the 110 Ultralight. Savage has teamed up with Proof Research once again to craft a barrel specific for a purpose-driven firearm. At around 6 pounds, the 110 Ultralight is designed to combat elevation and the elements while maintaining the performance of a factory blueprinted Savage 110 action. The carbon fiber wrapped stainless steel barrel and melanite skeletonized receiver minimize weight for success on any mountain hunt. Now I could go on and on about all the good things about this firearm, but what you need to do is go to savagearms.com, check out the 110 Ultralight. They have it available for the 308 Win Mag, the 270 Win Mag, the 28 Nosler, the 28 Ackley Improved, the 30 6 Springfield, and so on and so on and so on. They got it for just about uh, any cartridge. So what you need to do is go to savagearms.com. Check this rifle out. It's a badass rifle. SavageArms.com This is the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast. Brought to you by Vortex Optics. Woo! Now you know when I start... The episode off with the old Ric Flair woo, it's going to be a good one. And today's episode is a good one, and I'll tell you why. Uh, Before that, i got to tell you something, though. A lot of people ask me, Dan, if you could hunt with anybody, who would it be? And I'll be completely honest with you, that list is very short. And there's a lot of people on that list that you probably have never heard of. Or if you have heard of them, you would be like, what? You're gonna, you want to hunt with that guy? But Lucas Psycho is today's guest. And Lucas is one of those people on the, the list of people that I would love to someday share a hunt with. Um, I connect on so many levels with this guy. This guy is passionate about bow hunting. He gets fired up about the outdoors and you can just hear it in his voice when he talks and just just by listening to him on today's episode you will definitely understand that and uh, on today's episode man he's got another deer located on public ground in North Dakota where he's from and we break it down we break down where this deer's living what this deer's doing we talk a little bit about strategy Uh, we talk about tactics we talk about what he may recommend for another hunter to do if they want to get it done early season as well so this is just an awesome episode where we really get into the details of a specific scenario and I know a lot of guys ask you know that a lot of people ask for that right they want to talk about the wind direction check they want to talk about access routes check terrain check what the deer movements like check how he is going to approach hunting this particular buck and we cover all of that in today's episode and a whole bunch more so man i tell you what i love talking to lucas because he like i said man he gets fired up and this time of year i think we're all getting fired up and this is a really good episode to where i think if you listen to it you guys are going to be able to really maybe take what he's doing with this specific scenario and apply it to whatever scenario 
you may encounter this uh, this upcoming season. So uh, there's that. Lucas is the man. He is the man. So that's what we're going to talk about today. That's our guest today. And instead of doing a um, a particular episode or a commercial today, I just want to go over with you guys what all the discount codes that I'm offering uh, right now. And there's one for Lone Wolf, and that one, uh, Lone Wolf Tree Stands, and that is if you spend $200, you get $50 off, and that discount code is 9FC50, spend 200, get 50 off. The other one is for Wasp Broadheads, and this is a 20% off offer where you enter the discount code 9, the number 9, fingers. 2020 nine fingers 2020 and that gives you 20% off your purchase of wasp products and then the last one is ozonics and if you buy a unit I think it's the HR 300 the HR 230 or I think it's any unit enter the discount code NFC19 and you're going to get a free dry wash bag with the purchase of a unit so those are the three uh, discount codes that you guys should take advantage of before the season really gets rocking and rolling here. I've had a lot of guys reach out to me about Ozonics uh, and whether it's legit or not, I've responded to all those guys. It's legit. And uh, they they just came out with a brand new locker. It's twice as big as the, uh, the dry wash bag. Uh, And I'm excited for that because, you know, I got a lot of clothes, but uh, those are the discount codes that uh, we're running. Take advantage of those. Make sure you guys are, Subscribe to the Nine Finger Chronicles on Instagram or on iTunes or wherever you download your podcast. I'm on Instagram. I'm on Facebook. Make sure you're following along there. Spread the word. Share my stuff. Dude, this is going to sound arrogant, but I'm telling you, the principles and the guests that I have on, on these shows, I feel, are not only more relatable, but man, if you listen to what these guys are doing to uh, be successful, you can apply those principles to your uh, style of hunt wherever you're at in the United States. And uh, yeah, so that's me being cocky a little bit. <laughs> but uh, enjoy this episode. Tell your friends. Here's Lucas Psycho. All right. Today we have my brother from another mother. Mr. Lucas Psycho, Lucas, what the hell is up? Dude, dude, it's <laughs> opening day tomorrow up here in North Dakota. I can't, I can't even tell you. I can't even tell you. You know, you're lucky to get me sitting down, you know? Yeah. Because I've been just pacing around, throwing, hunting shit left and right, just trying to organize the last little bit I got to organize here and be ready to go. Um it's, I'm just jacked, man. I'm just jacked, Dude, you know, to say the least. I'll tell you this. I have been, when when I start hearing people in different states start on their, you know, whether they're going on a western hunt, antelope, elk, mule deer, or, you know, they have their whitetail openers like you do in, uh, you know, tomorrow, and Kentucky does, and Tennessee's already had theirs. Like, I'm, I get fired up. These days, I just get fired up for other people. I know, I know, and even just a little bit of the antelope hunting that was been has been going on that I've been following along with a few few guys. It's just like you just know it's so close. It's so close, man. And uh, you know, with the year that we've gone through, I'll <laughs> yeah. tell you, I, I bet I bet every every bow hunter, rifle hunter, you know, bird watcher, what the hell ever you want to say, <laughs> everybody is itching at this season probably more than any other in a long time. Oh, I feel we need you. it. We need and, it back bad. Yeah. I also feel that this has brought some people out of retirement who probably used to hunt, but probably don't. Like, they maybe used to hunt, then they stopped. And now because of all mm-hmm. this craziness, they're they're like, you know what? I'm coming out of retirement. I'm going to pick up hunting again. I agree. I agree, man. It's just, it's just one of those things that... You know, it, it's the it's the ultimate getaway, the ultimate release, and and uh, you know, for a lot of us, it's it's all we think about twenty four seven, three sixty five, and you know, with with the year we've had, it's just like, man, let me get into the woods and get away from every damn thing that's going on. That's a fact. I, I can't wait. I can't wait to get lost in the most nasty, thick jungle <laughs> swamp up to my neck, and just and I'll just look up at the stars and just just smile, smile, and just go, yep. 
mosquitoes just just dis- destroying me. You know, <laughs> <laughs> I'll just I'll just love it. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, I I don't know what it is. It's like I have, I don't know. Are your kids at home with you? Are, are they are they in daycare? Are they yeah. in school? Or what's what's the story there? So they do, they started school here recently, and then there was a positive COVID case that, that was within the, I think the high school or something like that. So it's a case through 12 public school that my kids go to. So they sent everybody home and again, and you know, my wife, my wife, you know, bless her soul. She, she's ready to go back to work. And this is the first (laughs) year, all the kids, all the kids are supposed to be in school. And she's just like, this is supposed to be the year of Jen. And I'm supposed to have a job and get to work and and get back to real life, you know? And, and, uh, and so the kids get sent back home and it's like, so now we're like, I don't even, we don't even know if she can even go get a job, if it's even going to be worth it. Cause if if they get sent right back home at any minute, now we don't have nobody to watch them, and there's just it's like, yeah. So now she's just kind of wait. We're just you know hanging in the balance here. It's it's chaos. I mean, yeah. just like everybody else is dealing with right now too. So yeah, I but, feel you. Uh, we're sitting at uh, today is Thursday when we were recording this, and my kids officially started school this past Monday, but today was their first day in school, so they're like three days from home two days at school, three days from home, two days at school. Then they go three days at school, two days at home. And it uh-huh. was, today was absolutely glorious. I love my children to death, but it was <laughs> like my prayers were answered. I had one kid at home today who I had to, you know, just chill with basically all day long. I just chilled. Yep. I went to the park, played with him. You know, he played toys by himself. I got some, a little work done and and it was the it was the most glorious thing I've I feel like I've had in a long time. So, but I love them. I, I love them. But I needed a break from them. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think I don't think you're alone in that in that battle. I think yeah. I think a lot of the parents are like, thank God for public school or thank God for school in general and daycares and and all that. Like it's you know. It's uh, it's it'd be pretty tough to operate without them, you know. Yeah. So, that's I, you know what I really hope, and you know, not to get off topic of hunting, but I really hope, like, like somewhere down the line, we can kind of really, we can really just kind of all agree that we really need schools, and we really need to start paying the teachers what they deserve, and like, so we can get yeah. more quality teachers and quality people to stick around. If that seems like to be a big problem, you yeah. know. So it's like, let's pay these people what they deserve because they, they do something that, you know, most people don't even want to even think about. You well, know? that is so, a fact. And my uh, daughter's teacher so, called me yesterday and she said to me, or he said to me, so is there anything, you know, that you like or dislike? He had like this questionnaire he was going through with the families. And I go, mm-hmm. I've taught my kindergarten son now for about a total of three hours in three days, right? They have a three-hour little learning period that you're supposed to, here's a, a bullet points that you're supposed to go through with your kindergartner and all this stuff. And yep. I said, straight up, man, kudos to you because what I've learned in those three hours is that I am not a teacher, right? <laughs> I'm, a, <Yep. laughs> I'm a dad telling something to my son. And he's like, what is, uh, you know, what's this? That's uh, e e. What's what sound does an e make? And he said the wrong thing, and I was like, "No, that's wrong." <laughs> like I'm like a teacher doesn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, how do you not understand this? Exactly. It's so easy. <laughs> exactly. So yeah, I've I've learned that teachers are the oh man, they are they are the highest level of people in the world because not only what do what they do is important, but like how they have to basically just eat shit all day long when a kid is yep. misbehaving or like if I was a teacher I'd be like shut your fucking mouth or I'm going to kick your ass like <laughs> <laughs> that Dan Johnson yep. is not a teacher I know I'd be fired like right away <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah Mr. Johnson you cannot lay hands on a student well he asked for it you know like <laughs> Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. That's hilarious. Oh man, I hear you there. So, first question right out of the gate here is: I was just kind of kicking back today. I had some. I actually had some time to think. And mm-hmm. 
one tree stand, no, one or two tree stands popped into my head or areas that I'm just like chomping at the bit. You, you, and I, I know that you already know the, the answer to this because I'm sure it's what you think about too. But are you thinking of a specific tree stand? Have you had these visions of late October, November, even early season, whatever, of this one specific area that you just – you're waiting for the right conditions or the right moment to go hop into. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually just, uh, just discovered it this week. So it's, it's, I'm, you know, this year I was planning on not necessarily going after one particular deer until I found particular deer. Yeah. <laughs> and then it turned on the, the, that, that, Oh yeah. I kind of think I feel like playing the game here, you know? And, and, uh, so I've been keeping an eye on him and I got, uh, I got one daylight photo of him in the evening and one daylight photo of him in, in, in the morning in the last week and a half here. And, uh, so the other night, I think it was Monday night, I, I drove down and, and watched him come out of the thick, the thick brush and, uh, and he's not living in much of anything, you know, and my, you know, shout out to my buddy, Dustin Mall. He would call it the crumbs you know the crumbs that nobody ever pays attention to it's just a little crappy looking spot for the most part and it's super nasty and thick and there's just no trees to hang tree stands in generally and it's just it's just god awful really is what it is it just and uh so i i I ran across this buck and i think he's a deer I, i i had had pictures of last year i can't verify it yet but i'm pretty sure it is and i couldn't catch up with him uh in a, in a different part of the, that, that area, I couldn't catch up with him. I, I caught like one, one good, good, uh, series of pictures of him, uh, like la like late August, early September last year. And then he disappeared all year. Never seen him again. Never, never did hear of anybody seeing him or anything. He just disappeared. Well, I happened to try to just happen to just go, you know, I should check this little area out just cause it just seems like there might be something down here. And it was kind of one of those things my dad and I just, formulated and uh we're just kind of bullshitting about it and was like let's just go see what's down here and go check it out and see what's going on and we found some deer sign you know out in the sugar beet field and like a, a semi-decent trail coming into the, the field and it was like well was, we had a, a couple spare cameras laying around and it was like let's just go throw a couple up there and see what's going on and we had them there for about two three two three weeks or so and uh wasn't getting anything really really great but there was a couple nice bucks coming out of there and maybe a handful of does and fawns. And uh, so we were, I was just about to pull them cameras out of there because I was just thinking, well, I kind of know what's there. Nothing I'm really necessarily interested in killing. And uh, I had, my dad went and grabbed the trail camera card and, and uh, brought, it, brought it home, and we checked it. And now this, this, this buck that wasn't there for three, four weeks is all of a sudden just popped up, and he'd been there like four days in a row. Oh, wow. And it was like, oh, geez, just a big, solid 10. I mean, I don't know, probably 160-ish, probably. Just yeah. a dandy of a buck, you know. And uh, so it was like, oh, well, Christ, we got to keep keep an eye on him now. And, and we so we kept an eye on him for the last probably three, three and a half weeks now. And he's been consistently on the, on, on a couple of our cameras down there. And he, he'd been in, he'd been just moving after dark and staying in, in, in dark, uh, uh, pretty much exclusively, at least on the trail cameras. And then the, uh, just in the last week and a half here, he finally started daylighting a little bit, uh, just two times. So I went down there this past Monday uh, with the intention that it's it's kind of a small piece of timber and it runs right up against the river. And uh, I figured, well, the only way I can really go in there and kind of figure something out and is I'm going to have to watch him come out of the timber and verify he's out and then go get on the river and come down and get in behind him and go in there in the dark while he's not in there and kind of just take a real quick look around and try to be as discreet as possible. And so, so I did that. I've, I watched him come out right at very last light. I mean, I could barely even make it out that it was him, but I knew it was him just because I could tell he's much bigger than the other two bucks. And that was the three bucks that's been, been down there that, that I've been watching. And so I seen three bucks come out and, and, uh, so I was like, all right, game on. So I so I drove off and I went and got on, got on the river and came down and got in behind there where I figured he was bedding. 
and it's kind of it's kind of it's going to be a real it's a real tight spot back there it's probably only about 150 yards wide running along the river and uh <laughs> it's it's so nasty and thick because when the river came up it flooded and picked up the ice in in the in the springtime and the ice came off off the river and just plowed over all the willows and cottonwoods and everything down in there that brush and it laid it flat and this happened probably a couple of times in the last three four years and so what it did was it it made a basically a mat of of brush laying horizontal and then it's got a bunch of new brush growing up through the middle of it all of it Whoa. so it's like impenetrable like you can't go through it you you go over it is is how you really get into it and so there are some big, big, giant, old cottonwoods in there, and I thought, well, that usually has little, little to no undergrowth under them big trees. Yeah. And I, I figured if there's going to be anywhere in there that's going to have some sort of good, good corridor of travel, they're going to, it's going to be in and around those. So I, I targeted those, come in along the river in the dark. It's about eleven, eleven thirty at night, and uh, I got in there and got lucky basically and i just there was a, there was where the water receded it kind of washed a little a little waterway about uh, right about from where them cottonwoods are that i wanted to get to right to the edge of the river i just stumbled across it just trying to get in there and it was like oh god look at this this perfect corridor to get right in there so i got in there and i had to maybe kind of be brush for about 10 15 yards to get get the last you know 10 15 yards into there and once i got in there Right away, I see there's two big trails coming right into that, into that pocket. It's just basically a big pinch pinch point, is what it is, and so, and it, and that's only about 250, 300 yards from where I've been getting pictures of them coming out of the, out into the field. So, there's a real good chance that that's where he's coming through, just because that's one of the very limited spots that a deer can easily travel. So I got, I got, I found a nice, a nice tree. The only the only tree that you could actually hang a tree stand in was actually a pretty decent one, and so I climbed up in there and got everything kind of trimmed out real quick. Didn't do a lot of brushing at all, but uh, trimmed some branches and just kind of stuffed them in the tree up there so they didn't hit the ground or anything. And keep the scent, keep as little ascent as possible in there, and got in got in there, got that all done. And I'll have I don't know five yards on one side of the tree. I'm pretty much gonna have to drop one right on his head. There's a tree, trail comes right on that tree basically. And then, uh, then I'll have about a 15 to 20 yard shot on the other side, but it's, it's, uh, I'll say I'm, I'm real confident. I'm going to, he's either going to come through and I'll have enough light to shoot him or he's going to come through and it's going to be too dark and I'll have to let him walk. But I'm pretty sure he's going to show up Saturday morning. Cause that's the, that's the day it looks like the weather's going to be perfect. So okay. that's the one I'm looking forward to right now. Okay. So what you've just told me is that you went on in a scouting mission in the dark to locate a tree to put a tree stand in and you trimmed some, some branches yeah. at night. Yep. You're yep. Not. Well, it's, just, it's such a small, <laughs> no, <laughs> you're not the first one to go. What? That's crazy. <laughs> I, I told a couple of my other buddies that the other day, he's like, you did what? I was like, well, think about it, man. I said, this this brush is it's so it, there's not a lot of room in there, and if I was to go in there in the daylight, he's in there. He's definitely in there somewhere. Yeah. I'm gonna kick him out or you know or whatever you know. Why not just watch him come out of there, and then go? Hey, he's not home. I'm gonna go in and break in the back door and go see what's going on in there, and yeah. you know, <laughs> and and have my way with his his little bedroom back there, and then uh, you know, then flip out and I'll be I'd be out of there, you know. Let me ask you a question. Let me ask you this. Why did if you kind of knew where where these cottonwoods were, were are at, and yep. I, I know you didn't really know what the vegetation was like back there, but why didn't you mm-hmm. just wait until opener to go and get him? Like, why did you go in there and hang a stand up and trim trim some lanes and, and do all that stuff when he so, when he might be coming back to that area? So it was a risk I was willing to take because, for one, I didn't have any clue what it looked like in yeah. that area right then. And so I wanted to know what what it looked like. Well, number one, I want to see if it was even possible because 
knowing from what it looked like, you know, I'd been in a couple sections not too far from it, and I was like, man, that, that place is absolutely nasty. I wonder if there's even a chance I can kill him in that timber at all. So it was like, you know what, I'll take the chance. And, uh, you know, took every precaution as possible, you know, just, uh, you know, wet wet down my legs good with and everything with the with river water before I went in, you know, just got covered in, you know, river mud and everything. It was just like, well, if I leave any scent at all, hopefully by morning, by the time he comes here, it'll be just, you know, pretty well dissipated. It was pretty breezy when I went in there, too. And for the most part, dude, it was literally I walked straight in, probably... 50 yards maybe 50 60 yards and hit that opening i didn't walk anywhere in the opening i stayed on the very edge of it that that i figured they're going to be traveling through because i could see the trails from where i was standing you know 10 15 20 yards out in front of me and so I, i basically just started i did it real carefully i looked around i did most of my looking from one spot standing in one spot and then i seen that tree and i go all right i'm gonna go check this tree and and so that was about another 10, 15 yards, I had to just skirt the edge of that really thick stuff, got to the tree, climbed straight up that tree, and I cut, I tr- I cut maybe five to five to seven branches on that tree alone, and that was it, because every other tree, every other lane was already done, it was just a big pocket on one side, and then he just pops out right underneath the tree on the other, and so all my branches I cut were just on that tree, and I kept them all up in the tree, and then I slipped back down, hit my same path out, and I was gone, so... I, it was it was a calculated risk, so it was like, and I've done it before and it's worked before, and you know this this time of the year usually you can kind of get away with a little bit more, you know, than in mid season let's say, because then they're kind of already on edge now because they got got kicked around a little bit and there's humans running around and bumping them and stuff. So I think it was I think I felt I felt like it went really good. It was one of those things where it was like it was a surgical, like it just snuck in, everything was good just kind of didn't have to do a whole lot of anything in there got in checked it out got it all set good to go i'm out you know i'll be back in here saturday morning and so good luck that's man. why you know yeah for yeah, sure yeah yeah well let, let me ask you this then all right so you talked a little bit about the vegetation and how it's just gnarly back there and these cottonwoods are offering kind of a uh you know an opening it, where do you feel like this buck is betting in relationship he's, he's probably, to your tree stand. What what sucks about the place I'm hunting is he could be bedded 30 yards from my trail cameras. I mean, because it's literally just, it's he's living in only bedding, right? I mean, there's literally, like, that's all it is. And so it's such a small piece, and that's just kind of the challenge with a small piece, is, and especially a piece that's so thick, that you really don't know. You just kind of hope that he's, you know, he's going to try to make a little bit of a travel you know, from, from where he's feeding just a little bit and and maybe get back into where it opens up a little bit. So if he could get up and stretch his legs a little bit during the day, that's where he could probably do it, okay. you know. And he could get up and get a drink at the river if he wanted at any point in the day and nobody would ever know. And so it just felt like, you know, if, if I was a big buck, you know, if I was a big buck, I'd want to be in and around that spot where I could get up and actually mill around and not be just completely surrounded, you know, <laughs> with with just nastiness, you know, and if I wanted to get up and, and move around, that's, that's where you'd be, yeah. you know, and, and there's, it, it's coming into, um, yeah, I noticed a lot of these big bucks don't necessarily in, in this area that they don't, it doesn't seem like they bed right in the smack dab middle of, of the nastiest thick stuff here. Like, like if you were like in the middle of something that was a hundred yards by a hundred yards, it doesn't ever really seem like they bed right in the middle of that. It seems like they'll find like a spot that kind of maybe opens up just a little bit and they'll bed right on the edge of that. So they can kind of look around and see a little bit too. And not only just trust everything they can hear or smell. And, and so those, there's just a couple of them. I think there's like three or four giant cottonwood trees, probably a hundred year old cotton cottonwood trees. They're huge, you know? And, uh, so that's not really that much room in there. It's just, it created a little bit more of, of like, and there's some Russian olives in there, and them deer really love Russian olives. So uh, it was like, yeah, this seems like a bucky spot. You know, it just yeah. it felt like it. Yeah. And 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 it's not as far back from where them cameras are as, as, as you know, uh, that 
that I would think would be too far back, but he could he could definitely just come into the into the brush down there and bed up real close to to yeah. the field, which is fine because I I could hunt this spot and not be successful and get right out of it and jump right back into it the next morning and be just as confident because it's that easy and that it's that slick to just slip in there and slip out. Yeah. So so how far is yep. your tree stand from the trail camera? Uh, probably about 300 yards. Okay. 300 yards. So you feel yep. there, there's a chance that he comes back through those, uh, cottonwoods to come to a bedding area, but you're also, you also think that he, there's a chance that he could be bedding somewhere between your tree stand mm-hmm. and trail camera. So he's not coming yeah, back that I far. Feel, yeah. I feel like it's only a matter of time before he's going to, he's going to slip back into that stuff. To where that where that where that stand you know where that stand placement is it's uh it's just it's just one of those spots that you know and a lot of people would you know think that and and some people believe that deer just they don't travel very far right now <laughs> around here man it is not an ordinary for a deer to travel a half mile to a three quarters of a mile every time they go to feed it's not it's just not we see it all the time around here yeah so it's uh I just don't think he's doing that. I think he's just living in that one strip right there. And, and he could, you know, he's just, the path of travel leads right to those, the, where I'm at. Yeah. And, and, and so it, uh, we'll see, we'll see, man. Um, I think, I think, I think it's, I feel good about it. That's, that's, that's the best part is, you know, it, I feel real confident in it. So, okay. So <laughs> how long do you th- think you have until he gets up and he starts to mosey further from where he's currently at. Well, I don't think he moseys too far, too far north, because I was hunting a lot of that stuff up north, not too far from there. I was probably only within a quarter mile of that, you know, you know, you know, eighth of a mile, a quarter mile of that spot where that tree stand is, and I didn't see him run into him. There was trail cameras up there. I knew two other guys that were hunting in there that uh had trail cameras up and and they were after the same deer and none of us could pick up on that damn thing and uh i'm I'm pretty sure he's been hiding right down in the south end for for quite some time so 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 he's you think he's a homebody deer i think he's i think he's a survivor (laughs) you know he's he's just he's just playing it really smart and there's just nobody going down and, and, and running around in that stuff. So he's just a deer that just basically learned that, you know, if I go further north, I always run into people. I always see, you know, have human scent and run into this and that. And if I stay down here, I never have anybody bother me. All right, I'll just stay down here. You know, uh, that that's what I feel like. I feel like that deer is done. And he's just he's just found a spot that he doesn't get he doesn't get messed with at all. Okay. So. Yeah. What wind do you need to go hunt this deer? And is there a possibility? Because one thing that I've kind of tried to do over the years is if I know a deer is in a specific area, right, and he's calling it home and Mm -hmm. maybe he's showing up on trail camera on multiple winds, are you going to be able to hunt that tree stand in multiple winds? And and if you are, are you going to have a different access route to that tree stand? Anything, anything but a north wind, a straight north wind, and an, and anything east. So anything east and north, that's a no go. Okay. Based on how that is set up. Now there are opportunities. So that's that's kind of part of what what you know that first sit in there is going to do is I'm going to be able to look around. I'm going to really start being able to look around, see what what's going on. I can probably see, hey, can I get on the other side of this area where I think they're coming through here? and actually get get in here with a different wind and so if if i can get in there with with an east wind you know and and actually sit there and and be confident nothing's going to be be winding me coming from where they're from which they wouldn't it just depends on a different access way probably i could probably come from yeah the other side you know and then have to walk a significant ways further but there's a lot of opportunities on this one a lot of opportunities it's it's one of those it's one of those really good situations where it's it's not very tricky. It's literally just don't screw it up, dude. Like don't screw it up, and you're probably <laughs> going to get a shot at this deer. Right. You know, 
just play it smart. Just so, don't, you know, don't go in, don't don't force it, so to speak. You know? So the biggest risk in this whole thing was getting the tree stand in there initially. Probably, yep. That's about okay. it. That was that was it. Okay. Yep. And I really don't think there was. <laughs> I, you know, normally play things relatively safe, especially on the get go. You know, just starting out, but it. it 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 wasn't even one of those things that crossed my mind that you know this is probably a bad idea. Yeah. You know, um, I think a lot of I think a, I think a lot of us screw up or you know by by maybe just trying to do it the you know the conventional way where you know you wait for a little bit of rain or wind or that and then you just go in there in the daytime and you just hope that you don't bump them. You know, I, I felt I feel a lot more confident know that knowing that there's I, there's absolutely zero percent chance I bumped him at all. There's zero percent chance. So that's you know? that's that's and, pretty confident. Yeah, yeah. There's that's what I mean. I, I I know for a fact he went out into the fields. I know for a fact he went out there. I watched him. I watched him feed around for fifteen twenty minutes. You know, then ended up getting on the river and slipping in behind him. And I you know, <laughs> unless unless something or somebody chased him back in there, which I really doubt happened because it was it was dark, you know. Yeah. I really don't think he ended up back there while I was back there. Right, so. right. So let me ask yeah. you this. Let's say this one doesn't pan out. You lose him, right, or you bump him, or he does, mm-hmm. or, you know, one thing or another and the, the buck is no longer huntable. Do you have a backup? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got a lot. Got a lot of got a lot of good stuff going on this year. There's a lot of uh there's a lot of four four year old buck right in that age age group. Like that four and five year old, three three to four five year old group, there's a lot of bucks up here right now that are in that age group and and I got I got probably three or four other ones that, that I would I would I would definitely go and pick up the chase on. I'm not really overly eager at this point. I'm, I'll probably chase this guy for a while, yeah. and who knows? It might just turn into, all right, this is the only guy I want, you know? Because I mean, that's kind of where it's at right now. Yeah. You know, and it's all just gonna play her by feel and and uh, see what happens. You know, Jen Jen's got her moose tag, my wife, and she's got a bow tag for deer, and you know, um, you know, like tonight, you know, I, I I'm more than likely just like hanging out and running around with a bunch of my buddies too, you know, like. I got a bunch of guys showing up tonight, and we're gonna have open and open and weekend here. Uh, my buddy Nicholas Scalma's coming up, and uh, I got you know, my buddy Colin Berry and, and Brandon Fox and Aaron Shapiro, and and uh, we're all gonna be in my, and we're all gonna be hanging out, you know, chasing deer all weekend. And uh, you know, it doesn't get any better than that. No, you know, hanging out with all your buddies and having deer camp, it just doesn't. It, there's just absolutely nothing, nothing better than that. You yeah. know, and. Uh, you know, helping, you know, running around and we split up and kind of hunt places as a team, you know, and, and, uh, it's a lot of fun. You know, you're just sitting there waiting, like somebody's going to see something, somebody's going to shoot something. And, uh, you know, this weekend's going to turn into one of those, one of those, I think we're going to put some deer on the ground. Actually, I got a, got a lot of spots that I I feel like are going to be some prime, prime candidates for some good action. So yeah, should be some fun. So did the river, the last Let's see. The last couple times that you've been on this podcast, you've talked about how this river floods and floods and floods. It's been multiple summers now that it's flooded. Did it flood this summer at all? It's the complete opposite this year. Complete opposite. I haven't seen this river this low in, man, I don't even, I can't remember how, how long it's been. It's crazy how low this river is. So what they did is, uh, there's like I think it's a piping plover bird that has nesting habitat that 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 they they use sandbars, yeah, and 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 beaches to to for nesting habitat and they they wanted to try to help help uh, bring back habitat for that bird and I think that's what what they lowered all the the, the river level this this year so much with for so it's uh it's it's crazy how low it is you know you know what i've been ripping around on the river and i'm going to be doing most of my hunting off this year and i'm glad I, glad i got them is i got jet skis and so i can get around where where most guys can't you know because i can skim across 3 inches of water that <laughs> you know? is the best thing i've heard all day i just imagined your long ass hair flowing in the wind on a jet ski with a bow on your back how the hell are you going to get a deer out of there on a jet ski Come on, man. You know I'd figure that out. 
I'd drape that bloody sucker right over the top, and I'd ride him all the way here. <laughs> I, dude, that picture is a T-shirt. If you sl- I know, dude. If you slay, if you slay this buck, and you have to take him back across the river on a jet ski, you yep. you get some pictures. I'll get a guy oh, to create do. it, and I will make will a do. jet ski buck T-shirt. We will do that. That'll be freaking sick, man. Yeah, I can't wait. I can't wait to do that. Actually, I can't wait because I we I, I got a pair of jet skis that you know they're our family jet skis. Me and the kids and the, the wife we take them out all the time. And then come fall, I was just like, well, these are gonna. I can get. I I can I can either go 15 to 20 miles per hour on my tiller handle, 16 foot boat, or I can go 60 and get there quicker. <laughs> okay, I'll go 60. <laughs> Oh, you crazy bastard. <laughs> love it. I love it. I know, dude. I just I, I don't know what the hell it goes through my mind sometimes. I just I'll just do shit and then uh I I it's funny. My brain works a little bit different than a lot of people, so all what I think is just like, "Oh, yeah, it's a good idea." Like, this is cool. This is a good idea. And then other people are like, "How did that even Why did you even think of that?" <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I just did. I think it's badass. I don't care what anybody else thinks. Because I got to kill a big buck is why. That's why. Yeah, yeah. Oh, can you, you know, like, hey, let's let's race. Let's see who can get to this spot faster. I'll beat you there. <laughs> you know? Like. Oh, the ultimate public land backdoor vehicle, the jet ski. Yes, it is, man. It's such a secret weapon. I tell you what, there. I am the only guy using one right now to hunt, and I would bet within the next five years there'll be several guys doing it, 100%. Because I've ran into a whole bunch of people on the river now doing this, and everybody just kind of like, you can see the wheels turning when you talk to them, and they're like, what the hell, you you hunt off that thing? I'm like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Like, it's pretty, pretty sweet, actually, <laughs> you know? And, and uh, you, know, you can just see the wheels turning, and then... Uh, you know, with the river being as low as it is right now, I bet every single person wishes they had a jet boat or a jet ski. Yeah. Because that's what you need right now. Or, well, or a fan boat. But yeah. that thing is, those things are ridiculous. Well, kudos so. kudos to you, man, uh, on that idea. <laughs> hey, I, I hope it pays hey, off got, so bad. I got two jet skis, so uh, we're going to have to get get the dallas fort worth up here on the jet ski <laughs> the public land sometime. i'll do it don't do t- don't tempt me psycho and dallas fort worth ripping down the missouri river the reunion just dragging dragging monster bucks <laughs> out of the woods okay so <laughs> i got uh we, we talked a little bit about this strategy you, you have for this specific buck now i want to talk in like more general for everybody else right you're gonna attack yeah. this buck what opening day or the when is when are you going after this buck? How many days? So from tomorrow's now? opening day at noon here in North Dakota. Okay. And Saturday morning is the wind I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get a. I'm gonna get a. It gets a south. It's like a southerly westerly wind. Okay. So is what it's kind of showing. It's kind of like a south wind and then switching to the west. So. Okay. And it's really low. It's really low. Low low miles per hour. It's only like five. So it'll be probably. Pr- basically pretty calm i would guess and how many hours early are you going to be in there in your stand ready to go i'll probably slip in there i'll probably want to be set up set up sitting there waiting you know with all the camera gear and all that stuff so i'll probably want to be set up sitting there by uh no later than an hour before shooting good shooting light you know so i want i'll kind of just i'll bring it you know everybody I think people would laugh and, and think I'm crazy, but I drink. I bring a thermos of coffee to my stand, and I, I, I just, I'm, I love sitting there in the dark, just sipping on some coffee out of this little thermos I got, and just waiting. And it's freaking phenomenal. I take, I take little to know you, and this is, this goes against everything I used to do back when I was younger, but and this because I'm maybe getting older and I'm just kind of like tired of that process, and I, I, I haven't been doing it for years, but I take little to no effect, uh, like. Pay any attention to to scent anymore? Yeah, I literally just just do all the wind. That's it. That's all I pay attention to is the wind, and you know, I I just won't hunt where I can't where I where I where I can be winded. Generally, you know, yeah. I just you know the deer I'm after. I, I just hunt 
in a, in a way that no matter what, he's not going to win me because, you know, it's or at least 99% of the time he's not going to, yeah. you know. And so, so I, yeah, I just, I, it's more about enjoying it, man, you know. Absolutely. Enjoy it, you know. Absolutely. So. All right, so let's just say that the season was only a week long or one mm-hmm. even one day long, right? You, it looks to, it sounds to me like you've identified this deer, you have a strategy put together, you know what wind you need, you're going to go in there, you're going to get him. What advice would you give to a guy out there who may want to go out and just get it done, get the season over with the first week of the of the season? What's going to allow him or her to accomplish that goal? Well, you know, I mean, locate locate something you want to shoot. Number one, right? Locate something you want to shoot. Figure out where the hell they're they're going to be at at certain times, whether that's morning or night. Figure that out. Figure out which wind you're going to need, you know, to get in access wise, you know, and uh, you know, at all if at all possible, use use some water, use a use a river, you know, like. I, I just I just can't stress enough how how great them them using a river is to access you know these these places especially for morning hunts and you know if if you feel like it's 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 a it's a, it's more of a confidence level thing you know like how confident are you that if you go in there let's say you got let you know say it is a, a couple day season or something and you want to you want to make sure you get it done because you're not going to have any more time. Well, you're gonna to have to push the envelope, number one, right? You, you can't really sit back and just wait. So, what I would probably do is, if I had a couple of days to go at it, I would, I would, I would be like passive aggressive with with where I decided to how to hunt. So, if with this deer, the one I'm going after, I could hunt him in the evening. I could. Uh, I would just have to be real careful of where I know that he has been traveling. And I'd have to stay off of that stuff. I would give a buffer space. I would never walk over where I know I've seen him on these trails. I'd never, I'd never like get on that trail and walk it necessarily. I would actually just kind of feel my way from a distance, kind of trying to see where it goes and, and find, find an interception point where I think he, what he had, his path of travel, I think is shaped kind of like a, kind of, kind of like a J, you know? So, or an L. Let's say it's kind of just like an L, like a boomerang shape. He comes from, he comes, I think, from the north, and then he, he glances to the southwest and then turns west, basically. So I would want to try to find him. I want to catch him, and like in the evening, I would want to catch him on that elbow, so I could hunt him with almost a west wind, and he, he would feel pretty comf- comfortable with that west wind, even a southwest, if I'm com- confident that I'm far enough off that northern one running line where my my wind is skirting that off towards the river and he thinks that the wind's in his face but it's actually coming off to his left my right going off to the river and so i would i would try to trick him in that way you know make him feel like you know because if you have to get it done you may not have that right wind but that that might be the wind you got and so you could you could possibly kind of stay off that trail you know or wherever he's coming through you know 30 yards or so and hopefully your wind will just consistently blow off that edge and he'll think it's good, but it's good for you yet. And then pretty soon he's right in front of you. And now if, now if you don't have that situation, you can go literally for it. If you've got the wind perfect and you think, all right, he's coming down this trail. He is. This is really the only place he can go. This is the only place he's coming from. All right, got to take a gamble. And I've done it many times. And it's worked a lot of times, and it's definitely not worked a lot of times. But you can, you can literally jump on that trail, and you can just – glance glance ahead and and soon as you can kind of see like all right i should be able to get up in that tree or i'm going to get off the trail early before i get up to that area and then i'm going to get again i'm going to get up to that area that, that way so he's still got to come past you to get to the spot you've already screwed up with scent right yeah so i would bust off the trail there and i would get up ahead and i would kind of just look it over from a, from a from a you know a distance as much as i could and then once I once I see that, all right, there's the kill spot, get in my spot, and then just, you know, hope and pray. All right, <laughs> I just screwed this place up tonight, so either I kill him or I don't, you know, yeah. one of those things. So that's, that's uh, kind of how I would go about it. Yeah, that's a pretty aggressive access route, but it makes a lot of yeah. sense, especially if you have a deer pegged, right? Let's just say 
two days right. two days in yeah. a row he comes down this trail why yep. not walk right up that trail get off of it walk a little you know parallel it at 20 yards or so get in a tree mm-hmm. and now you're yep. you're you're golden with with all respect to wind you know right yeah exactly and, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with doing that every single chance you get on a deer if you got enough places to go and that's kind of how i've hunted my whole life is i i haven't you know i've got so much ground around up here in north dakota that i can get aggressive every time and that's why i'm so successful is because i literally go for the kill most of the time every single time you know and it's just a matter it's just a numbers game at that point you know eventually the odds will be in my favor eventually them odds will go he'll he's showing up here he is right you know right um so i'm uh i'm starting to get jacked about your season right now because it sounds like (laughs) it's just staged it's just you know it's you're just you're just waiting for it to happen it's like you already have him on your jet ski you already have this buck on your jet ski I know. I'm already. I'm already. I already got a hold of his rack in one hand, and the and the hand on the throttle in the other, and I'm just skipping across the river, happy as can be. Holy shit! <laughs> so, so let's say now a guy doesn't have a deer located yet, but yep. still wants to get it done early. Whether it's September, you know, a September opener like you guys have, or an October opener like Iowa or, yep. you know, other Midwestern, really any state that has an October, what's, does that strategy change? Well, it, it kind of goes back to, you know, getting, getting out there, getting out there and finding them. Right. You know, um, I, I think, uh, some of the, some of the best ways to find these things is get out after a rain, you know, a night, a night of rain in, you know, or, or, or a good long soaker of rain and, and you can get out there and find just, immediate tracks along fields you know and that's a real great way or you find waterways that are drying up or just waterways that got water and it's muddy on the edges and they're crossing that stuff you know um ditches you know irrigation ditches canals and all that stuff that's just an easy way to find find deer number one right you just got to find some deer where the hell are all the deer and then once you once you figure that out now you can kind of post up and try to try to get a glass on them see what you got if you got trail cameras right we can all use trail cameras um some states allow shining i i, I am so jealous that people get to use do shining you yeah. know with 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 lighting at night like you know i don't really understand why it's such a big deal other than i think it, it just puts people in a position to make you know bad bad choices i guess probably is, is would be a way to argue for it right you know to against it i guess right you know it just puts people in that that mode of Oh gosh, I could just shoot them right here, you know, right now. Yeah. And I get that. Um, so I'm kind of jealous. I think guys in Wisconsin can, you know, do that. Um, you can in Iowa. So that, that you you can. Yeah, I I could go out shining tonight, or I could go out shining. I can't have a weapon oh, in my. Yeah. I can't have a weapon in my right. car, but I can shine on private, but not on public. Oh, okay. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Yep. That makes sense. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah, and you know that that would be an absolute phenomenal way you know, to, to at least locate something you're interested in, you know, if you were to do that. Um, now, you know, that's, that's, that's the number one, that's the number one thing you gotta do. You gotta actually put in the time and get out there. You know, I I know a lot of people sit back throughout the summertime and come hunting season and they don't know where to even go because they haven't even been out and put any time in and I've scouted, put boots on the ground, you know, put glass, put, you know, sat behind the glass for hours on end, you know, driving roads and sit getting on top of hills and get climbing trees so you can see into the next, you know, the next field. So, to, and, and, and so you can see multiple fields at one time and, you know, um, there's just, there's a lot of things you can do is just put your time in and get out there and really find them. And then once you find them, you can just start to, you know, slowly, slowly, uh, tighten the noose on them. You know, yeah. you just kind of start picking it away and, you know, you know, that, that deer HBI I killed last year, it was literally, I literally killed that deer by, by, it was almost like resembling putting a puzzle together. You know, you put the border together. All right. Where's, where's his, what's the border? You know, you put the border together. Now you can start putting these pieces in the middle together, and you you slowly crimp down, and you finish from the outside in. You know, and that's basically what I did. And my Onyx maps, it's kind of funny to look at my Onyx for, for like to see the story of how I got to the point where I killed him in that place. 
you can see my, my, my pins and all my markers and everything slowly started to narrow down into like a, like an arrowhead, you know, and I just pinpointed right where he was, right where his core area was. So it, it's kind of neat to think about it that way and, and see it that way. And I mean, if you can apply that method, like, all right, outside in, outside in, just, you know, if you have that opportunity, there's going to be times where you're going to find some deer and there's going to be 500 other people, you know, that are in that same area. Now it's kind of figure out where everybody's not, not going, you yeah. know, yeah. figure out where, where isn't the pressure at. And that, it, that pressure might be 30, you know, 50, 60, 70 yards from the parking area this way. And everybody's going this way, Yeah. you know, and they could just be bedded really close to the parking area and, 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 you know, I, I don't know how many times I've seen big bucks jump up right from close to the park, parking area, you know, and you hear people talk about it all the time. So Let me, that's what I, that means, you know, get back to your question. That's that's what I would say is you just got to get out there and find the damn things. Okay. What about, uh, and this is just a random question since you were talking about it, flanking other hunters. How often mm-hmm. do you, or is it something you do a lot? Is it something you try to avoid? How often do you use the location of other hunters to put a move on a buck, knowing that that deer might be skirting their position? A lot. I pay attention. I probably pay attention to other hunters, um, I guess, more more than I would even pay attention to the deer, you know. I, I, I kind of just... Whenever I see somebody in an area, I always find myself, and I could just be driving by it, and I could see somebody's in an area, and I automatically start to calculate if they're in that area, and I kind of know how to hunt a lot of these areas, and I'll automatically go, they're in there in the wrong wind. Like, there's there's pretty much nowhere in there that, I mean, I would really hunt with the wind that's going on right then at that time, you know? So... I can kind of, I can almost kind of say like, all right, if they're they're in their pressure in that place up right now, or I've seen that pick up there multiple times, you know, um, I'm I'm gonna try to start to see like, all right, where are them deer gonna try to evade that person and that pressure, and where are they gonna try to adjust their movements from too, you know, and I I, I basically, you know, I did that with HVI last with the last two years when I was hunting that deer, um, he uh, there was. There was probably, I don't know, anywhere from 10 to 15, probably 20 different guys, you know, I, I would see coming from all areas, you know, all sides of that place trying to hunt in there from the river, from, you know, from the road, everything. And uh, I, I literally just spent enough time figuring out where everybody else was, was, was really concentrating their time. Because a lot of people just hang a stand and that's where they hunt all year, you know. There are guys that do that. They just which is nothing wrong with it. That's just, they're just out doing what they want to do. You know, they'll go come in on the river and they got to stand 20 yards inside the river, off the river. And they sit there every time the wind is good or whatever, I don't, you know, and that's where they sit in that spot. They don't really venture from it. So you can almost see like little areas that create a, almost a pattern. And, and I, I narrowed it down to where there is absolutely nobody in this area within a hundred yards radius, you know, and that's where I found him uh i found that other buck that i shot after i missed him and four other bucks that came past me that night too it was just an area that everything else was getting pressured and that spot wasn't and that's where all them damn deer were and they were actually traveling the wrong direction to from from the fields when i actually when i found when i caught up to all them deer they were they were all traveling away from where all them people generally hunt they were kind of skirting and going around and getting out of there so it was pretty interesting, you know, eye-opening for the most part. And, uh, you know, just pay attention to it, you know. The, the smallest things can 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 pressure deer in one area and, and fire up another spot that you may never even hunt or even think of hunting, you know. But it's like, you know what, there's a lot of pressure been going on over here and a lot of pressure going on over here. And wonder if I shouldn't just slip around the backside and come in with a different wind and maybe hunt that spot in the morning, you know. And and see see if there is anything going on and just do kind of a, a hunt scouting mission you know and see if see if there is anything going on yeah man that makes a lot of sense <laughs> but uh yeah yeah we are uh we're up on time here man i could sit here and talk with you for another three hours but uh <laughs> likewise I, I have a feeling there's going to be a part two to this story right i mean there's a lot of season <laughs> i mean there's a lot of season i mean it hasn't even started yet but there's a lot of season 
that uh, is between you and this buck, right? Or I guess it could just be a couple days, but um, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really hoping that in a couple weeks we can have part two of this story, man. So good luck this fall. Me too. Me too, man. I look forward to it, and I, you know, like I said, I enjoy coming on all the time and shooting the shit with you about deer. And you know, like right now, it can't can't get much better. Not gonna sleep at all tonight, probably. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, good luck and keep me posted. All right, thanks, brother. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Another episode of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast is in the books. Huge shout out to my man Lucas. Thank you very much for taking time out of your day, hopping on, BSing with me for a little bit. Huge shout out to all of you for taking time out of your day to listen. Huge shout out to all the partners of the Nine Finger Chronicles podcast, Ozonix, Vortex, Wasp, Lone Wolf, and The Average Conservationist. Please go out and support the companies that support this podcast. And last but not least, subscribe, follow, share. This is supposed to be a community, right? talk with someone who you know if you're having trouble go to the nine finger chronicles page ask a question uh you know comment on whatever we share on facebook or instagram and somebody will help you out i guarantee it there's so many cool dudes and dudettes out there that are getting it done and love to share what they're doing and what they're doing right and wrong you know so uh other than that be good to your neighbor take care Be safe and good luck this fall. Go get them.